Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hey Rush Nation, what is going on? Welcome to the Five Yard IDP pod with me, Nate Davis. Today we'll be breaking some big news and uh, regarding our scoring system especially and a future collaboration. Also both myself and Bren. We'll be picking three guys who we see as IDP risers in 2022. Talking about Bren, how you, how you been, man? You you been good? Yeah, I've been very good, mate. Um, it's been been a while. What's this second one of the year? But uh, yeah, free agency's uh, been keeping everyone entertained. I've um, ordered my Tyreek shirt. Um, so um, yeah, happy happy Finns fans. But uh, yeah, yeah, good, and just uh, just glad to be. Glad to be back and uh, talking to everyone. To be honest, mate. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really happy to get it get it back rolling again and start start concentrating on some football. I mean, I know the um, the free agency was. I, I think it's probably it's probably one of my favourite times of the year. Actually, when it actually kicks off, I absolutely love it. Maybe edges out the draft. The problem is with the the draft, the build up's really good, and then it I don't know, it all just tails off then, and then you wonder whether any of them are going to be. Well, what you thought? Yeah, it's like I said at the weekend. I mean, after the after the Tyreek deal, it's um, yeah, not a lot to look forward to for Dolphins fans at the draft. <laughs> it's giving away all the picks, but uh, anyway. yeah, don't worry about that, mate. Don't worry. No, no, no. I, I don't I think we've all been paid, and we'll be good to. We've still kept most of our picks for you know next season's draft or next year's draft, and um, yeah, I I don't uh, I don't think they've overpaid to be honest. So, but we'll see, we'll see, but. Um, Happy days, happy days. Right, let's get to our news. So over the off-season, I've been reviewing our scoring system and talking to a few of the guys that played last year. Um, and really, we kind of come to the conclusion that changes needed to be made, um, especially when it comes to trading 
value, the trade value of defensive players, especially in deals with offensive players. I think the the problem's really about comfort. Um, lots of people would have been through this that, that have been in the IDP community for a while and that have been ver- running various different leagues, trying to find different ways that uh, can ga- engage as many people as possible. Um, now, for me personally, I could quite easily see a player's value um, because I'd done the homework, I'd done the spreadsheets, you know, ET, etc. And, and, and loads of um, information that I had to hand and a few others, obviously, they'd done their homework. But across the board, there's obviously, there's a lot of people that play IDP and play fantasy football that just... They don't. They've never had a. They've never bothered with a spreadsheet. They've never actually worked out what what a value is, um, what what each player's value is. You know, never done tiers or anything like that. And they, you know, that have been quite successful. Now, we don't want to alienate those. So one of the one of the ways that they that they become quite good is they listen to as much content as they probably can from uh, podcasts. Um, you know, stuff on Twitter. Um, and they get their information based on, you know, you could say, you you know, Derek Henry, you know, uh, Eckler, you know, you know, you know, a load about running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. You can pick it up really quite quickly because there's so many people talking about it. Now, in the IDP world, there isn't that much that you can pick up that quickly. So you do need to do your homework. Now, when it comes to the scoring side of things, we just felt with our scoring, it was it became a little bit difficult to explain, really, and to go through and to compare those values with just the guys that we had in the league. So let alone open it up to the masses that weren't playing our leagues who were setting up their own. Um, so from our side, obviously what we want to do is we want to talk about what we're doing, we want to pot about it. We want to, con- but we. I think most of all, I think we felt a bit isolated from just us and the guys that were in our leagues, and maybe a few others that knew what we were doing. But apart from that, felt a bit isolated. So what we what we're going to do this time, um, we're gonna we're gonna try and work with others to produce content to get the message over. You know, to get the trade values over. So we're going to try and compare defensive players with offensive players, uh, value-wise, and try and get that information out so that people can confidently make trades and know that they're getting a good deal or that they're not, you know, ripping somebody off. Because this this was, I got asked so many questions about, you know, oh, do you think this, do you think this is reasonable or not? And I was like, well, look at the comparative scoring. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's a good trade. Or yeah, that's silly, you know, but it is about, people feeling comfortable and doing that. And the only way you can do is if you've got the knowledge. So hence moving away possibly, well, not fully moving away, but we're going to adopt a new scoring. Um, So let's have a look at, uh, let me just do an example, a bit more on that. Um, So to make it easier, like I said, we're going to, we're going to adopt somebody else's scoring and we're going to, help we're gonna uh, we're gonna work with them to produce content and data to help people understand and interact with us both on idp the scoring and the team we will work we will be working with um is 
Fantasy and Frames. Now, Fantasy and Frames guys, I've known them for a while, um, uh, and 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 uh, I was involved actually last year. I came runner up in their Fantasy and Frames charity tournament, um, and I managed to interact with a lot of good guys in that um, that were that were involved in it. And yeah, they all felt my pain when it came to um, trying to adapt score, uh, trying to go through scoring settings and all that. So they've come up with a scoring system. Um, I've had um, a real good meeting with Jorge, who who runs that. I set, I that was on the weekend. I set out my plan. We discussed everything, including uh, their. We'll we'll refer to it as FIF scoring, which is their fantasy fantasy and frame scoring, and especially their sleeper scoring. Um, they've got a few formats for different different. Um, uh, platforms, um, but we're gonna we're ma- we're mainly on sleeper anyway. Um, a majority of our audience is on sleeper. The guys that play in our leagues currently, and guys that um, that uh, that I'm uh, heavily involved with, they they are they're they're mainly playing on sleeper. So that is going to be where we're going to be basing our scoring off. So it'll be the fancy fancy and frame scoring in the sleeper settings. Um, Ourselves and Fantasy and Frames, guys, we've, we've very, very similar outlooks. Uh, we face many of the same issues when getting the IDP message out to people. So we're we're really excited to announce this. Um, we'll be pointing you guys at their content and obviously referencing, referencing the scoring and getting as many people involved um, as possible. Our, our content will obviously be the podcast, but we hope to add... We're, yeah, we're we're looking at we're looking at adding a writer to the team as well, so we can get a few articles out there. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, if anybody's interested watching this uh, in IDP and you, you've got some time to write an, a few articles, hit me up on Twitter at NATO NFL, and uh, yeah, we can have a chat through and and, and go from there. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> just a note on that though the the three IDP plus dynasty leagues that are that that we've got running they are continuing so if you're in those no need to worry you don't nothing's really going to change in those um so yeah there's the news fantasy and frames we're going to be hopefully sharing a hell of a lot of data between each other and and then coming up with some some good stuff to get out there so what's your thoughts on all of that and Bren? obviously you know yeah well but- <laughs> Covered, covered most of it fairly comprehensively, but um, no, I mean, as, as Nate touched on, we've we've been discussing this for a little while now, um, and it is just about basically a collaboration. It, it's it's to do with, as Nate said, you know, sharing that data and not, you know, yeah, we probably will, you know, we'll we'll listen to each other's content, read each other's content, um, but it's all about no one's going to take as Nate's discussed with the guys at, at Fancy and Frames. You know, no one's going to be upset if someone takes an idea from one pod or the other or one article or the other and runs with it. Um, you know, obviously they're set up um, the other side of the pond and um, it's all about collectively just trying to, you know, trying yeah. to, you know, just educate people about the scoring system, instilling that confidence, as Nath said, Um and, they've, got, uh, they've they've got some really good stuff lined up. They got they they they're good guys. Um, they've just got a, a Hollywood Titan. He's uh, he's joined he's joined their team as well at this moment in time. So I mean, yeah, they're they're really going in the right direction. Um, 
yeah, and we it's it's not necessarily that we we're going to be a part of it. It's more about it's more about the sort of sharing side of things from my side of things. I just I want to talk about I want to talk to people about about everything that we're doing, and I do feel that we just ended up slightly in our own little bubble with our own league members talking about lots of stuff. I had lots of conversations with different people on Twitter throughout last year. Um, asking various different questions on various different players and things like that. But on the fantasy front, yeah, it just it just felt a little bit, you know, we oh. were doing one thing, they were doing something else, somebody else was doing something else. Everybody's doing different scoring, different things. And it's really difficult to, you know, be really confident about what you're saying if you don't know your product. Anybody does that in, in whatever you work in, in whatever you do. And it's exactly the same here with, with the IDP. We want to, you know, it, it's not that we want to be right all the time or we want to be, it's not, it's, it's nothing to do with that. It's just, it's just the fact that we can give that kind of guidance best or, uh, based on our scoring settings, what works for us, uh, and the leagues that we play in, and, and exactly the same with the fantasy frame guard, they they're doing exactly the same kind of lines. They've got, I mean, they've got some really good in depth analysis on on players, and they've been they, I mean, they've been doing it longer than we have. So, I mean, we can learn a lot from them, which is absolutely great. I mean, you know, as an as a nation, we're behind on the IDP front anyway, and these guys, I I, I think can. You know, well, they already help us by by us listening to their content. So, you know, it's all good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just you know, in the, the short period I've been listening to a few of the pods, it's you know, it, it's it's not a million miles away from what we you know we've done sort of our first season sort of last year. Um, but you just that enthusiasm comes across as well. I mean, just you know, listening to one this morning, they were all in, I mean, you know, really just, just talking about the DBs and, you know, it was, you know, how important, you know, safety is going to be with this new scoring system. And it ties in with, you know, the way safeties are used nowadays, you know, especially sort of, you know, the, the strong safeties and the impact they have on games and the points they could accumulate and how, you know, you could take, you know, a Jordan Whitehead and, and compare him with, you know, someone like, I don't know. They were picking out sort of a, a few sort of you know um, offensive players, were they? Yeah, Did they pick those? He was like Tyler Lockett. I mean, that would yeah, be yeah. a direct comparison based on the point scoring. And go well, that would be you know that, that and that's what Nate's saying. It, it's putting players that you know and you're comfortable with in a trade on a par with players where you go, well, how do I, how do I yeah. qualify that? How do I just yeah. trade almost? So yeah, that's it. I mean, the thing is, is we know, you know, everybody. We've been playing. We've been playing fantasy now for a while, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners have people that have, you know, on the offense offensive side of things. And like you know, you know what? Pretty much, you can go down quite deep now. I think it's quite common knowledge. Like you know, you probably people will probably know if I said to him, "Oh, how much do you think Devonte Parker's worth?" Or how much? You know what I mean? Oh, just yeah, a player nice. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but you know what I mean. But in a in the grand scale of something, you know, some somebody would have an opinion on that, but they wouldn't have a clue on I don't know a second string, second third string sort of linebacker that you know where does he rank? It could be down to snap count. You could have a look at yeah, so many things. But the main thing is is us being able to compare the points scored. The av- I think the key is mainly going to be around average points scored. You know, average points scored per week. That's going to be a real good marker for us to be able to compare 
an offensive wide receiver. What does he score? You know, 17 points. Right, okay. What do the linebackers score? 17 points. Right, okay. There you go. It's that simple. But it's, again, it's having that knowledge to confidently put a trade together. You don't, you know, you want to be able to do it reasonably quickly on on 50% of trades. You know what I mean? Yes, some you're going to need to work at a work on and look into it but it's more the ones that you can do quite quickly you know if you're gonna overthink the trade then you haven't watched enough content or you haven't you know what I mean you you need to know you need to think oh hello this I'm quite happy I'm gonna I'm gonna make that move bang like that you know off your phone bang I'm gonna do that not think oh hang on I haven't got a clue what is he let me ask 15 people it never that trade will never go through you you know too long so so yeah we're just trying to get that content out there and like i said share it between each other get um point point our listeners at at their content as well we can never cover off everything um we've only got a certain amount of bandwidth um yeah and and there we go so yeah so right so that's the news bit so let's move on to um, let's go for it. Let's go for let's go for some of these players, shall we? Let's go for yeah. We we're, we're picking up. So so what we're doing is we're we're t- going to talk about um 2022 IDP risers. Just pick some. We've just picked some random players. I mean, there's probably hundreds that we could have picked from, and lots of different reasons. And we could go on, but there's there's just a few here. Brent's picked a. He's gone a different line to what I've gone. <laughs> I've gone for. What have I got? I've gone for some more tried and tested. I've gone for one obvious one, mm. one one who IDP players will say, "Yeah, I get that one," and then one that a lot of people don't seem to be hot on. However, I just got a feeling they could have a real monster season, depending on what happens in the next few months. Yeah. But they- so as they said, I've gone a little bit left field with this. So um, I've gone more towards, I've picked three um, younger players um, and one in particular for, well, I'll explain in a minute. But um, so guys that, again, it is probably for sort of maybe sort of deeper leagues or someone, but I think there's there's definitely some value there. So um but and maybe one we've we've sort of touched on um, last season, but uh, but yeah, so we, we're trying to cover a, a couple of different bases sort of between between the six of them really. So, um, but as Nate said, it's not been easy because yeah, there's a there's a smorgasbord of, of players out there that you could sort of talk about, but um, we've done a bit of homework, so hopefully um, yeah, hopefully it, it sort of makes some sense. So um, where do you want to start then? Go on, you're up first. You're up going. First. Go on, um, so um, I'm going for this one isn't that out of left field. Um, so uh, I've actually looked at um, Jason Away or Odafe Away as he's now listed on on sleepers um, at the Ravens. Uh, so yeah, um, so looking at linebacker. Um, so he's one of those players that we always like because you can slot him in at sort of LB and, and sort of DL as well, but. The essence is he's, he's an edge rusher, basically. Um, so coming off his rookie season, um, you know, he had 
he had a reasonable season uh, for his rookie season. Um, you know, he was, he was sort of over the 20, 120 point mark, um, 33 tackles, five sacks. Um, he saw, you know, a fair percentage of, of snaps over the, the season. What I like about away going into this season is obviously he's coming into his second season. He's, you know, um, he settled in with the team. Um, we didn't see enough consistency from him. He's got the speed. There's no question about that. He's quick off that edge. He will trouble um, sort of O-lines and quarterbacks. The interesting thing is why he should be on the radar now is that one person that was impacting last season on his productivity from a fantasy point of view and his, his sort of snap count um, was Justin Houston, um, who the Ravens brought in for one season. Now, the guy's 33. Um, everything I've read suggests that he's, he's probably going to be, you know, He's not going to be on the roster come, um, you know, come the summer. If he is, then it will be as, you know, a contingency plan. Um, you know, we've seen a way have, you know, some some very good games. Again, it's, um, um, I just think at the moment, he's, you know, going into this this season, um, I don't see any reason with the, and the, the Ravens are a, a big blitzing team, um, you know, so it fits his game set nicely um in my opinion so um as i said he had a you know a, a fairly sort of you know easy you know he was sort of eased into the season by the ravens um last year um but i think the houston factor you know is going to see away see a lot more snaps and with that speed as i say coming off the edge with a big blitz in defense like the ravens um i can't see any reason why you know he doesn't produce i, th- I think his idp value should be up considerably um, before the start of the season. He's definitely one I would be looking at, at the very least on a bench. Um, but, um, yeah, yeah. If, if you've got a gap there. It's, uh, again, that sort of flexible sort of L, but in essence, yeah, he's in it as DL. But, um, so, yeah, I, I was really high on him in the, in the draft last year. Um, and him going to Baltimore was a great landing spot, I thought. Obviously, you know, it's rookie season, so you've got to, you know, give him a give him a bit of time to sort of settle in. This 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 could be a real big year for him, as you said. Um they obviously attempted to sign uh Zadarius Smith and that all went Pete Tong for him, which I'm well, delighted about. Careful, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm delighted about. But but it does show that um, you know that the, the the Ravens are going to do. You would think they're going to do something. I mean, depending on which which way they go now, as well. I don't know. This could be they 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 could just try and add to it with not such a big name as Darius Smith, and end up with um, you know uh, you know asking Jason away to to step up quicker. I mean, it's. It's going to be an interesting year for uh, for him, and I, I'll get. There's a there's a big potential there that that this could be, uh, some you know it is spot to take, and and not only spot to take, but I mean it could be it it is open there. There's not there's not a pass rusher there that is. Well, at this moment in time, there isn't a pass rusher there that is going to be. Uh, the, the main man on the block. So I mean he has if he has a good start to the season and they don't sign anybody of real um of real name then it's gonna be it 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 could be straight away that he, he absolutely shoots to the sky. Um 
and that's that's what you want. So anybody, anybody seeing him, um, you know, not being drafted or on waivers or whatever, or, or even on late on on deep drafts where you you find him just kicking around and you think, well, he's definitely definitely worth yeah. a pun. I mean, looking down, you know, just looking down the stats from you know last season when in games where he's had a decent snap count, sort of 35, 40 yeah. plus, you know, he's been mid-teens and in some cases above, you know, he picked up um, well over 20 I mean, against us in, in week 10. So um, you, that has, again, rookie season, that's been offset by some, you know. 615 snaps or 65%, you know, I mean, that's, de- that's decent, yeah. man, from a rookie that is, you know, okay, it's not, they don't rotate as much, as some teams, the uh, Ravens, I mean, they're no Buffalo Bills, but um, still, you know, still that's, that's, that's decent in a rookie season. You know, they've got the confidence in him. Um, there's no change of coach or coaching or anything like that. So you look at it and go, well, this, this potentially is, um, yeah, I, I, I think they must value, I, I, they must value him really highly. And yeah, there's a big potential there that he, he could go off the charts this year. Yeah, I mean, and looking at their free agency so so far, I mean, we don't know, you know what they're going to do in the draft, but you know, defensively, they've not really done, yeah, you know, done anything. And um, yeah, Tony Everett's gone gone to Vegas. Um, you know, they've they brought in Marcus Williams. Um, at, you know, safety from, signing that. From, but yeah, I mean, that's that's a good one for the secondary. Um, so, um, but yeah, in terms of you know the front seven, it's mm. sort of probably going to be sort of as you were. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so. been rumours. I mean, like they have been in contact with Wagner, aren't they? That that's what they've been saying. Bobby Wagner's on that list as as well as the Rams um, that seem to be nibbling around him. I mean, that would be amazing for somebody like. Well, I say it would be amazing for somebody like Patrick Queen. Mm-hmm. I think it would be because I think Patrick Queen is one of those people at this moment in time that is um, needing some guidance. Mm. Well, I think that's why they bought Josh Bynes, but then Josh Bynes ended up really taking taking his job. So, but anyway, um, we're not talking about him. Um, let's go on to my first one, and for my first pick, I'm going for. I've got to go Jordan Brooks, and I know the fantasy frames guys and loads of other people have already covered off Jordan Brooks this year. I mean, wow! You, you but it's difficult when you talk about risers. It's difficult not to talk about him. Um, as I said, it's, it's not a surprise. He had a monster 2021. He finished finishing in the fantasy and frame scoring. He finished at a linebacker three. Um, if you if you use TJ Watt as an edge play and played him at DL. Um, so 285.5 points in the fantasy frame scoring. Um, now, a lot of people probably look at it and think to themselves, well, him being that high up the board, how can he improve on it? Well, obviously, it, it's it's the Bobby Wagner thing. Now, Bobby Wagner also had, he broke his record for the combined tackles last year. Um, we're not sure who's going to be alongside um, Jordan Brooks this year. So it's going to be quite interesting to see how that all pans out. really is. Um so yeah, but we are we saying that with no Bobby Wagner there that equals more tackles? I don't know. 
I mean, I mean, sure at that, but what I would say is that is definitely worth predicting on the fact that it is Bobby Wagner that's gone. That you know that that there's some serious tackle numbers to pick up there. And if you're now the leading linebacker, I mean, yeah, it's difficult. The issue, you, the issue that you're going to really have is is going to be in drafts. You know, is is how much are you willing to pay for him? Uh, a recent mock I've seen, um, very recent actually today. Um, he he went after Devon White and before Fred Warner. So, you know, this is the kind of level that we're talking about here. So anybody that doesn't know who Jordan Brooks is, do your homework. Get it won't it won't take long to 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 get that because I mean of how, how much for twenty twenty one he had. So yeah, it, it's let's uh, talk about some stats really. So so why he's ranked so highly? It's his second season twenty twenty one, and it was a breakout year for him. One hundred and eighty three combined tackles, one hundred and nine of them were solo. 1,107 snaps, 87% of snaps, um, a missed tackle percentage of 4.7%, which is quite fantastic, really. Um, with I th- I'm sure that contributed to the to the idea to let Wagner go. I mean, they've they've got somebody there that they can already trust. Uh, um, so yeah, why would you pay? Because you're going to have to pay. Uh, to bring Bobby Bag- Wagner back, um, so for me, this is this is Jordan Brooks's defense now, um, and I'm excited to really see him grow in 2022, and to see if he can take that step, take take the senior role, and yeah, you know, and then we'll all be talking about him as where he should, well, where potentially he sh- should be. So so yeah, there we go. What do you reckon about that then, Bren? Are you all in on yeah. Mr. Brooks? Well, I am, but for a slightly different reason. I mean, all the stats aside, and you can't really argue with it. And and But the stat for me really, or the, the factor for me, and I'll, and this, this ties in with someone I'm going to mention in a little while as well, um, it's what's going on on the other side of the ball. Um, you know, we, we quite often talk about, you know, how much... That defense is going to be now. You know, the, Seattle have dropped down to twenty fourth in the power rankings. You know, they're, they're back in. You know, in Dan Hanser's own words, you know, I was just looking at it a minute ago. You know, they're back in the quarterback wilderness again. Um, you're not really sure what you're going to get from that offense. What's going on with the Pete Carroll situation? Um, so again, you, you know, you're looking at those tackle numbers being big. Um, not great for Seattle fans, um, but. That's not what we're to talk about. Exactly. Um, yeah. So more, yeah. More time on the on the, the field, and so yeah, I think like you say, I mean, if people aren't in on him, then well, I mean, you've covered off the stats. You know, I've just given you an ulterior motive to to go and get him um, because he's going to be, you know, all things being equal, a busy boy unless Seattle do something radical. Yeah. But I, I just don't see it at the moment. I think they're. Um, although they're saying they're not in a transitional period, or Pete Carroll sort of talked that down, I don't know. He can really. <laughs> it's just but, but so, Pete. Pete Carroll isn't not at his age. 
But no, um, we can afford to transition at what ninety four and a half or whatever. It is. Yeah, but I mean, but but it's surely it's the outlier in the transitional period, whatever they say. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, they've got to be. And yeah, you touched on something there that I'd like to add in the fact that you know this is an IDP podcast based on fantasy football. Sometimes we will talk about players. And we'll be saying that they're good. They're good at fantasy. That's what we're talking about. We're not telling you that they're the best linebacker or the best whatever in the world. You know, sometimes we will, but majority of the times we are talking mainly from a fantasy perspective. Um, and that needs to be that needs to be sort of like said. Um, but also, like you said there, you talk about teams. It's a fact. At the end of the day, if you're on the if you're on the field longer, you know, um, and you've got a very high snap count. You know that it, it, it's it's just facts. That's just facts. They're on the field longer, longer. You know, and also <clears> in teams that potentially could be ahead against them. Um, and when you've got players that are particularly good at stopping the run, well, the likelihood is the team in those later quarters they're going to be running the hell out of the ball. So you know the maths speak for themselves when it comes to it. And it is it, it is something to bear in mind when you're talking about fantasy. It's not necessarily the best players that get you the best points. Not always. But anyway, that's just yeah. a sideline. No, but yeah. Well, actually, that's that's a, a nice little segue, actually, into if we're going to... Like, right. While we're I, just, the... I just see who your next man is, though. I'm just joking. So while we're talking about teams in transition and the relevance, um, so I'm going to move over to the Falcons. Um, transition you say yeah um so uh you could call it that yeah well okay the seattle might be in transition the falcons are maybe a couple of steps behind that you know but so um this one's a little out of left field um and i want to talk about um their linebacker mccall walker now what's prompted this in the main now you look at his stats from last year um again another young player 24 um, LB sort of 127 or, or thereabouts off last season. Yep, okay, he only had, what, looking down the stats briefly, two games over where he was over sort of the 15-point mark um, and they were against sort of the Jags and the Panthers. But what has prompted me to suggest someone look at this kid is, again, it's, it's a case of what's happened in free agency. Um, so, obviously, the Falcons have had to offload uh, Foyset Lucon. He's gone to the, the Jags. Um, there are rumblings that they may, because of they're in this sort of rebuild, basically. I don't think it's a transitional period for the Falcons. It's it's a sort of, you know, almost strip the guts out and go again situation. Um, they might be looking to carve a bit more out of that cap um, space. And they've already got, I mean, they had to that. Someone go. Um, Alucon's already gone. They've still got Dion Jones and Grady Jarrett on massive contracts, bigger than Foyset. Um, This is where I think you're looking at a player like Mikhail Walker having a big role in this team uh, next year. He's not a rookie. You know, he's coming into his third season. Um, you know, he's, he's settled in the team. Um, yeah, OK. You know, we don't have a lot of stats to go on because he's not seen a huge, huge amount of time on the field. But again, you're looking at what's happened in free agency, how he slots into that Falcons defence during this rebuild process. And again, you've got a defence that is invariably going to spend a lot of time on the field. Um, now, we're not going to compare Brooks and Walker. That You're talking about someone who's had a, a monster season with someone who could potentially have a 
maybe not a breakout, but I, I think a solid, consistent mm. season. Um, so if you're looking for someone that's going to rack up, you know, 200 fantasy points, possibly not. But I could see him going for, you know, possibly 140, 150 points this season. Um, again, going to be a busy boy. Defence gets tired, as Nate's touched on. You know, they're getting battered by the run game and he's in the prime position to racking up, you know, be racking up those tackles. So, um, as I say, you know, a little bit of left field. This is why we've come at it from slightly different angles. But, um, you know, everything suggests, with everything going on at the Falcons, that someone like Walker could have could have a pretty, you know, a pretty solid season, all things being equal. Yeah, man, I like it. I really like it. Looking at his, looking at his stats, it's quite interesting reading. Like you said, there isn't a great deal to sort of go on. But obviously, we had the uh, the Atlanta Jacksonville game. What's the Lender game? Wasn't it? Was that the Lender game? No, yeah. that was us. Yeah, that was us. Yeah, that was you, not us. That was yeah, not that was my fault. Do with me. Um, <laughs> yeah, but looking at the stats, he had the Jacksonville game where we ninety nine percent the stats. So he was, yeah, somebody must have been out that week. Yeah, but but looking at the. The last four games, he's got kind of like 14%, 15%, 14%, 25%, which seem to be like, yeah, there's definitely an uptick there towards the back end. And mm. with Foyce like the way, you just get this feeling. I, I really I really like this pick from you, Bren, because I just got this feeling that, yeah, he is somebody, because you know what? Look, you only could just got to go on past figures. The past two seasons... I know, I know, okay, okay, there's been changes at the Falcons, they've got a different scheme, different ideas and all this kind of stuff. But on a rebuild team like they're gonna be, they they can't rebuild everything that quickly. So what'll happen is that they'll probably fall back to what they know in the short term. And in the short term, I gar- I, I think I think you're gonna see that sort of two linebacker um cover two stuff, which they seem to be quite kind of secure with mm. um yeah it's really really interesting looking at that and if, if that's the case Mikhail Walker does definitely look in line and if he is he could be an absolute steal because you know what those linebackers produce you know like even last year we we're talking about playing Jones and a Lucon together yeah you know which is kind of crazy when you think about it because you think well there can't be enough to go around for both of them but majority of the time they're kind of worse um so yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Great pick for me. Great pick for me, and uh, yeah, definitely somebody to have a gander on. So for me, again, I'm not going as random at this moment in time as Brendan, um, random Brendo. Um, but I'm I'm going I'm going more this this one. Hang on one sec. Right now I'm ready. Um, okay, for number two, I'm going linebacker again. And I'm going for a guy that I was super high on last year, um, especially early part of the year when the Philadelphia Eagles did not have a clue what the hell they were doing. And they kept chopping and changing and mixing it up. And then they sort of started to steady their ship. And I think a lot of it was down to this man, TJ Edwards. I think they've got something there. I can't believe it took him so long to work out how poor Alex Singleton was. Um Again, this is not this is not IDP. This is Alex Singleton again racked up some serious points on IDP, but just, this is just from a 
if a player is too bad, then you risk them being cut or not being played. So you've got to be careful. You know, when we talk sometimes that a bad player could be okay for IDP because he gets targeted or whatever, then just be careful with that because if they do get cut, then obviously... And now Singleton has been cut. Obviously, it's in the off-season, so nobody really got impacted if they had him. Um, But... Yeah, good luck to Denver as well. Sorry, going back to him. Good luck to Denver because he is shocking in coverage. Um, but TJ Edwards, back to TJ Edwards. For me, it's he's an athlete who's a decent all-round linebacker. Now, the I know the Eagles have just added Kazir White, and a lot of people have we've had lots of conversations of where we see it. I see Kazir White as uh, the second man, the weak side linebacker. Um, you want to be, they're not really called that anymore. I don't think, um, I think this is more again, cover two. This is, uh, the two linebackers and they will rotate because it, because white and probably Davian Taylor. I'm really high on because white. I think he had a great season on, and if he just stayed at the Chargers, I think he could have took that role, uh, and made it his own, but they've obviously got different plans. Um, so yeah, I, I rate Davian Taylor, like I said, but for me, TJ TJ Edwards, he now has the chance to really kick on, to be a leader here. And I'm excited to see if he can be. And this is why. This is a really interesting reading. So last year, last season stats, he had 685 snaps, 64%, which you might go, mm, whatever. Okay. But he managed 130 combined tackles. So that's high anyway, right? But this is the real madness when you like look at it. And this is his season didn't really not kick off until week eight. Eight. That's where it really kicked off. So if you look at the snaps, weeks one to seven, 41% or lower. And a lot of them quite a bit lower, actually. Week eight, they went up to 66%. Week nine to 16, 92% or higher. So it shows you right there the difference between the split season that he had. From week eight, it went whack up there. Um, so there you go. For me, and if you look at those figures that he had, 130 combined tackles, where is his ceiling? So I haven't done any rankings yet. I'm going to get get involved in that, but um, very soon. So I'll share those when they come out. Um, but I think I'm going to have this guy pretty high. I can't see why not. But anyway, um, I see Kazir White alongside him. But I do feel, like you said, TJ Edwards, I've got a feeling he could be up there. He could be up there with Jordan Brooks and that group. For me, I'm buying and drafting TJ Edwards everywhere. So if you're in my leagues, <clears> leave him alone. Leave him alone. <laughs> but yeah, what do you think about TJ Edwards? You know I'm high on him, man. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we seem to talk a lot about Philly last season. Um, it was good fun. It was good fun, though. It was good, yeah, like Dallas. We Dallas. And then not so much the next. But as you say, yeah, towards the end of the season, that that sort of defense sort of started to click. I mean, the other thing I would throw. I mean, I don't know. I mean, does a Hassan Reddit sort of deal, you know, no. come fully? You know, because you're talking. Like, you're talking. I mean, Hass- I know sort of different. Hassan Reddick's edge. So I mean, yeah. Reddit Reddick could be just used like like he like he has been. I mean, the thing is, Reddick's quite an interesting one. I was listening to Tom um, Kisenbury earlier talk about 
Hassan Reddick and he's an interesting one. I mean, I'm kind of high on him because from a fantasy perspective, he does score points, but yeah, I kind of know what they're talking about when it's just like, yeah, it's the time. It's, it's, it's how he gets used, you know. If he didn't have the sack count, it wouldn't be there. But then that's like saying, I was going to talk about somebody who's got a decent sack count in a minute where he doesn't do a great deal out. So I'm not going to shoot down the sack count. At the end of the day, you can't really, especially the ones that are doing them year in, year year out. And the problem is with Reddick is he kind of has been and on multiple different teams. So, you know, why wouldn't he do well there? I think it's a fit, as you said. I mean, I've just sort of pulled up a couple of stats now. So, and you talk about, you know, yes, okay, you can you can pick them both as as sort of linebackers, but different animals altogether. So, I mean, looking at Reddick last season, sixty-eight tackles, eleven what eleven sacks. You know, you flick it over to TJ Edwards, one sack, but one hundred and twenty-five tackles. Yeah, but different positions by a mile, no, mate. Though that's yeah. just like, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I mean, but I mean that. It's another argument for, you know, or to reinforce your argument of, of sort of looking at an Edwards, you know, settled, good season. They've got someone else in Reddick playing that sort of edge position that's going to sort of cause different problems for the offence. Yeah, I mean, what it does, what it does create is the thing is, is like, so just to explain it to, in layman's terms to people, like if you've got a good pass rush, then teams are likely to run on you. This is just just simple simple stuff, real simple stuff. The idea is you've got a good pass rush, then you know your 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 part your 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 quarterback is then going to be under pressure, so therefore he's going to be forced to run the ball more. Fact, right? Okay. Yep. So that's that's the way they go. So they've upped the pass rush. So if they up the pass rush, then potentially they could. But it's not that it's not it's nowhere near a science because you're looking at the teams that they're playing against and stuff like that. Then so you got to look at how good their run games they are, how good their quarterbacks are, mobile. Are, you know, so it's kind of like there's nothing you can say really which says to me that anything that anything that Hassan Reddick does, whether for me it's down to yeah, it's completely down to snap count and um, it, if TJ Edwards takes that job. And, and and makes it his own, then I think there's some serious points to be had in Philly. I think they're that that kind of defense um, where you know they they're very aggressive um, teams. Teams sort of either put them to the sword or don't. You know, it's not there's not a lot of middle ground often with Philly for me. Yeah, you know they they, they have games where they just you know they're they're really on it and and tight and everything's working well or it doesn't which again from a fantasy perspective it actually works quite well that way i find it does when teams are a bit more erratic like that and and, and philly are and especially with Jalen hurts he's another he, i mean the kid the kid can have worldy weeks on shite you know and the same with their, like receivers and all that they, they, philly are a little bit you know boom or bust kind of team yeah. um yeah, and that that you know, you know that that makes for for good fun, good fun it, it, on the defensive Which side. Which is why, like I said, we spent most of last season being really hot on Philly one week, and then going, oh what yeah, are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. There's a lack of consistency for the whole organization. Sunday, 
but, the, but again, I, I didn't feel that Philly knew all year. I didn't feel I didn't feel they knew. Okay, you could say Devontae Smith was there. It was their top receive top receiver. Um, but even when like the whole Goddard Ertz thing, and then it was like the QB. Are they all behind Hertz? Are they not defensively? What Singleton yeah. or 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 or, or TJ Edwards wasn't really a thing at the start of the season. A lot of people hoping he was, but then suddenly, boom, you know. Um, yeah, just lots of lots of things. And then they and and you know, now they've got a new HC. So it's it yeah, it's all change it at Philly. They might be a lot more consistent this year. The only thing in Philadelphia that will be consistent, and it is every season, is the fans will moan about something. So fucking hell. Week two, <laughs> everyone out. That's it. But that's that's the Eagles fan base. There you go. They've all turned off. Well then, Brad. Yeah. <laughs> Have we got a big following in Philadelphia? At the <laughs> Not anymore. They're, they're, they're massively global. The Philly, yeah. Philly fans are huge. No, I, I've, it, they're one of those teams, obviously, you know, growing up when I did, as I you know, mentioned, you know, when we first started doing this, it was, you know, you always had a soft spot for those teams that, that were big at the time and, and the Eagles, Randall Cunningham and, and you know, that sort of, you know, that running quarterback game they had, it was, it was you know, years ahead of, of what we've become sort of used to now. So, yeah, no, I've, I've always had a soft spot for Philly. It'd be nice to see him do well, especially since I've got um, Hurts in at least one of our leagues. So, uh, please yeah, go Yeah, mine well. was what, what, my, what I've got, I quite like Philly now. But it's because they went from, I like teams that sort of like come back from the dead, as in, I don't know, just like being cool. I mean, they couldn't, for me, they couldn't be more uncool, Philly. I mean, like Nick Foles and all that shite, Wentz and, oh, I mean, oh my God, it's just, when you look at it, you just think, oh, it's just so painful. Um But they, you know, you but just, just, I don't know why, just for me. And then to come back and they've, They've sort of like now they're on the regen, and I think they're kind of fun. I think they're yeah. kind of fun. They could go either way, Philly, as well at any time. I think they could be. I think it wouldn't be. It wouldn't shock me if five years they were really they were really a force again. But it depends. It depends on how, how, how stuff pan out. But they're they're one of those teams, not like us, like the Vikings, fucking treading water. That's what it feels like. But. That's because we've still got Kurt. But anyway, don't get me started on that. Right. Um, right. It's me. It's me again. And I am going. I, I've put, actually, I've actually put down here. I am going out on a limb here with somebody who will probably be left on draft boards. Um, however, I've got a feeling it might, it might be his best season yet this year. And it, this is, this is, this is a bit of a shocker, really. I, I I was surprised that I picked it, but it was all down to it was down to stats and down to probably a bit down to free agency. And I, I'm going for 31 year old Arizona Cardinal edge Marcus Golden. Now, age is an issue for this guy, but I just got a feeling he could be a one year smash play, and that. He really, I just feel he could be. Now, this may change. You only mean it takes one sign in, and I think it could. But he finished with 189.5 points in the fantasy and frame scoring last year. Uh, and he was one point. This is the shocking bit. He was one point behind Trey Hendrickson 
and half a point ahead of Joey Bosa. Now, you know, when you're talking about players of age and stuff and looking at somebody like Joey Bosa, now I'm watching Joey Bosa fly off the boards. Um, and I'm watching him fly because I think the Khalil Mack stuff and all that, I don't think it makes a difference. I don't think it makes a difference to Joey, but it might do, but it's not my, at this moment in time, I don't think across the other side of the line is going to make a massive difference on real production from Joey Brosa. But but there you go, half a point ahead, Marcus Golden finished. And there's no Chandler Jones this year. There's question marks over the fitness for JJ Watt. He had 11 sacks in 2021, over 16 games, and only five of them are the star. But that could change based on what happens, obviously, from now to the start of the season. Um, Four forced fumbles, two forced um, fumble recoveries, 33 solo tackles, 15 assisted tackles, 10 tackles for a loss, 19 quarterback hits. The guy gets to the QB. 682 defensive snaps, 67%. So when you look at that side of things, there is a bit of room for manoeuvre. Now, because of his age, you might say, oh, can he handle that? Are we going to see a drop? But at the end of the day, if you end up drafting this guy for nothing, uh, or really late, or or he's picking him up off waivers, whatever, you know, I mean, for me, you could be on an absolute winner with him. Um, you need to keep an eye on what Arizona do in, the free, in free agency, as I mentioned, and in the draft. But for me, Marcus Golden, this moment in time, is somebody that I am definitely going to roster. Maybe not as a starting DR, but definitely as a backup. Because if he starts <clears throat> and starts quite well, I'm not sure whether Arizona will are going to are going to change. They might even draft a rookie. If they da- if they draft a rookie, then he's probably going to sit behind him. Or mm. you know. I think Golden. I think Golden could be in for a year of an uptick on snaps, and if he is, then you know I just said he just finished just behind Trey Hendrickson. Well, I guarantee you on your draft, Trey Hendrickson is going off, going to be going off, especially after what's just you know what happened in postseason. Mm. He's going to be flying off, not based on anything that is going to, you know, you you're going to be in a better position if you draft Marcus Golden for me. Just on value, yeah. I mean, I, of the three, um, I mean, this is the one that that I really like um, from your side of it. Um, you know, we, we sort of had a look at the stats, and yeah, okay. You know, you stick him on your roster. I mean, he's, this, this guy's had at least you know two seasons, you know, well over the two hundred part uh, two hundred point mark. Um, you know, he, he wasn't far off again this season. Um, it's, it's such a non-sexy and, pick, and though, it, isn't it? For me, it's one of those. As we did, you know, sort of, uh, we went through the stats, sort of looking at the games, looking at the snap counts, and he is—he's one of those players that a lot of IDP sort of, you know, fantasy players are going to go, yeah, okay, but he's a bit, you know, he has his good weeks are good and his bad weeks are mediocre to a bit yeah. poor. But, Again, with the changes that Arizona have made, the potential for more game time, like you said, you know, keeping an eye on what they do, you know, in the draft, etc. But um, there's definitely scope there for that snap count to improve. I mean, what I'm looking at now, you know, the good games are good. 
You know, they're yeah. 25, pushing 30 points, over 30 points. I think I think what I liked about it as well is like sometimes when you see this the, the season snap percentage, it can be sometimes warped because what you end up with is say you've got five five weeks of of high snap and then five weeks of low snap that gives you the 50% in the middle. You know what I mean? When the reality is with him is his were 70%, 79, 66, 71, 51, 73, 71, 50. You know what I mean? So you're like, you're not, you're, you're in this plus 50 bracket every week with the guy. And this was when, uh, okay, we know there was injury, but Chandler Jones, uh, we know there was injury with JJ Watt. Um, but but still, the thing is, the fact that he got 11 sacks, he, he got to the quarterback again, and the, the fact that they've let Chandler Jones go like they have, I just got this feeling that Marcus Golden could could have an uptick. And if he does, you know, the guy's reliable. He's, he is reliable yeah. when he's playing. And I, I think he's... He... Looking at the stats and based on what we've been discussing, I mean, he, he is, I can't argue with you. I mean, he, yeah, you're not going to play him every week, but it ties in with something that, you know, we'll talk about as we get, you know, into you know, the regular season. That is someone you can put on the bench and you yeah. look at the matchup next week and go, yeah. he will get to the QB. That O-line's yeah. shit. And, you know, the numbers don't lie. Yeah. Um, so, and it's no coincidence. You're looking down this list and, you know, some of the big weeks. You know, Detroit, Houston. He's he's gonna he's gonna score big because you know they're poor teams. But yeah. again, you know, you can pick some of the you know the other games. And I'm looking at them going, well, yeah, they didn't have a great O line. So yeah, you might not start him every week, but you pick your matchups, and he's gonna do damage, and he's gonna get points. Um, uh, I, I think it's I think it's great shape, absolutely. So, yeah, and I've got like let's have a gander here, right? Let's have a little gander at what are there. This is what we're talking about, right? So got hang on. Just trying to work out where we've got is that a league season? Yeah, I think that is the league season. So you've got a Rams. We know this, don't we? We know who we all the fixtures are right, aren't they? Yeah, of course they are. Yeah. So we've got so they've got Rams first, 49ers, then they've got Seattle, Saints, Tampa. I mean, not being friendly or anything, but there's a bag full of there's a bag full of games here. We're just straight up. I mean, we don't know who the Seattle Seahawks. They got obviously got Seattle twice. Yeah, you, you know, there's there's potential there's potential decent matchups for him this year. I mean, they don't there's there's none that really massively stand out. I mean, I suppose he's uh he's lost Russ this year, which. It's a shame. Russ loves to lie down. <laughs> he does, though. But, you know, I mean, and that that's something for, for somebody like Marcus Golden. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's a little bit of a not, not having, not having, but we don't know who the Seahawks QB is. He might be elusive. He might be happy to take a sack. If he is, then... Happy days. Know, happy day. Well, it is for Marcus Golden. Um <laughs> But yeah, right. So that pretty much wraps up where we are. Um, well, I'm, I'm going to throw one in sort of right at the end um, because we've, we've, you know, yeah. we've. Touched we can stay. On. Not, we're not in any rush. Let's stay on. No, no. Well, as as you may have, not, just for the record, I haven't broken. This isn't sort of MFI's. I'm you know broken into it. 
this is actually my showroom. This isn't my house anymore. So better so, curtains. Yeah, well, it's you know the lighting's better. And no dogs running around. So, so this is I'm not recording this from B and Q or anything. This is actually my my showroom. So um, it was just easier to do it this way. Um, no interruptions. But yeah, just very quickly, and it kind of ties in and wraps things up nicely because it was something that uh, the guys on on Fancy and Frames were were talking about this morning. Um, you know, they've been doing similar things to us, you know, talking about rises and, and sort of fallers um, in, across the board. Um, but the latest pod just happened to be on the DBs. And we haven't really sort of, you know, we've been talking about sort of linebackers, edge, DLs. Um, and when we sort of discussed this last week, it was a case of, yeah, okay. And I've, I've sort of we picked out a couple. But, um, and there were a couple I was thinking about. I mean, Jevin Hollins, you know, from a, a Miami point of view, had a, a great rookie season um i think he'll go again although again you're looking at what they're doing on the other side of the ball i expect the dolphins to be you know god willing if it all goes according to plan with mr mcdaniels you know a lot better on offense so the defense won't have to work as hard but jevin holland's uh holland showed more than enough um to to prove he's going to be you know the real deal for me um jc jackson you know something nathan and i discussed you know we love that move to to the chargers but you know, that's that. Is, is he going to be sort of, you know, the player that sort of we we really liked to, at the Pats? I think he'll be the main ball hawk there. But um, Jordan Whitehead, that the guys on fancy in frames sort of touched on, moved to the Jets. I think he's a great shout. Um, I think he'll have a good season. But the one player I said to Nathan, and we can't do any stats on this guy because there aren't any really. Um, but I think he has been, and, and again, it's a bit of a gamble, but. Um, I think you've, you've got to be looking at, at JC Horn at the Panthers. Um, you know, as I say, three games, you know, one pick, a few tackles. But for me, again, it's a team that, you know, don't really know what they're doing on offense. So you expect the defense to, to have a lot on its plate. Um, but there's still got to be, for me, a reason that this kid was, was drafted as high as he was um, last year. You know, he's, he's what, 6'1", 200 pounds. I mean, he's the epitome of, of a, a cornerback for me. Um, and yes, OK, in hindsight, the Panthers are probably going, yes, we passed on Mika Parsons and Justin Fields and Mac Jones. and um, But, um, yeah, I mean, for me, he's, he's got... I'm, he's probably still on an awful lot of rosters anyway, but um, it's yeah. one of those. I don't think people should be... If you have dropped him off because of the injury... Okay, yeah, he wasn't going to do anything for you in the, you know, after that. But um, I just think he's 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 got to be worth a, a look in in what is technically his second season. But yeah, I don't know what your thoughts were on uh, Mr. Horn. So first, obviously, I was going to cut you off without you letting you do your third player. So that was really well done, Brendan. You done really well yeah, to pack that back in and yeah. make it look make it look like you just we'll, added we'll somebody else. We'll take this in post. Just like I just don't like it. <laughs> yeah, JC. So you were like, I was like, oh yeah, JC Horn. We forgot about him. Sorry, um, but yeah, um, no, the Panthers are of a as a whole really. When you look at how high we were pre-season last year, this time yeah. last year. Massive on that young defence, yeah. Yeah, well, just the Panthers as a whole. I mean, people were quite high on Darnold and everything going offence-wise as well. It has been incredible, really, what happened to the Panthers and where how low we all are 
on everything now. I mean, I know Brian, apart from probably Brian Burns, um, who's still being drafted, he's he's going to be drafted particularly high, quite highly, I think. Um, but the rest it is uh, and Jeremy Chin. Um, yeah. But but yeah, I mean, I was really excited to see Jay Z Horn there. Um, and and yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we shouldn't we shouldn't. We're talking about some of the corners. So, so from the rookie draft coming our way, we're talking about corners like uh, Derek Stingley Jr. and players like that that look absolutely mint. But I'll tell you what, Jay-Z Horn was fucking... He's fire, mate. And and it's like... Yeah, it is like that they've just... They've got their first round pick coming. He's coming this year. Yeah. So you know what I mean? So we shouldn't we shouldn't be too... Uh, low on them or quick to judge it, you know, to say that they've they've done nothing, especially secondary wise. It's going to be really, really cool to see. I, I, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I can't. You can't just because of what happened, the injury wise and that. You can't. They've, they've re-signed um, Dante Jackson as well, haven't they? Yeah. So I mean, they're, they're, you've got a couple of decent. Yeah. They're a de- decent outfit, mine. Pack, um, the, the Panthers in secondary. Yeah, they yeah. are. I mean, Chin. The only issue you get sometimes, I, I, I think, is Chin because because he's again you, anybody that's been watching this uh, this was this podcast for for a while know that I hate the old Swiss Army knife saying, but with with him with Jeremy Chin, they've got potentially somebody that can play kind of all over the place, and that's when they're not settled the Panthers, then they're going to ask to Chin to do more. Like when their pass rush isn't working, when this isn't working, they're going to ask him to do a bit more. That's what's mm-hmm. going to happen. But if they can settle and sort some of those other parts out, including secondary, then, then you know, it's one of those ticks in the box for them. So then, then players like Chin can possibly do what he was probably rostered to do i know people might say oh yeah but the good thing was that he could do all these things but yeah but still still a player has his core position and i think that's you know what i mean when, yeah. when they're being pulled left right left right and center really and i think i think for me jc horn is one of those players that they really needed last year and it was such a shame that he got injured and hopefully this year we going to get to see a really, really good player in action. Because what, what was his stats? There's like three three um, games or something. He got a pick in those games, didn't three, he? Three games, one yeah, one pick, five tackles. Did he not? I don't even need to look at it. It didn't, it didn't take long to do my own work on his, his 21 season, to be honest. So, uh, yeah, but just be uh, just be nice to see him fit and, and playing, really. But, you know, so, yeah, but... The fact that he's got a pick under his belt as well, you know, it's a big deal. It's a big deal for a rookie I mean, corner looks, to get his I mean, first pick yeah, in the NFL. In those first three games just went, he, he does, yeah, okay, we understand why he went off the board, what was it, eighth, I think, in last year's draft, um, and why the Panthers negated uh, the options of going for, you know, some of the players I mentioned earlier, um, because it made sense. Yeah. Um, you know, you had a solid, you know, he had, Possibly the, the last piece they needed in that that secondary in a what we touched on last summer, a young defense, um, and it made the whole thing really exciting. Then you know the broken foot and surgery required, and the season's written off. And yeah, it, it was a shame. I'm not saying you know there was there were more pieces to the the Panthers' sort of demise last season than than just the JC Horn injury, but 
would he have made a difference fully fit for 17 games? Yeah, absolutely. I don't, I don't know, but if you remember rightly, they went three games. They won the first three games of Panthers. Yeah. Can you remember? Can you remember? Um, it's crazy, isn't it? I, like, talk about the demise of the Panthers. It's quite incredible because at game three, can you remember we... Um, Sam Darnold was like the lead in Russia. Wait, I think he was the lead in Russia for like yeah. five or something yeah. stupid, wasn't it? But I yeah. mean, you, like now, nobody's got a good word to say about him. And it's like, I don't know. I just feel that, okay, let's let's just rewind slightly. Let's go back, have a little look at the stats, have a look at actually what happened. Well, I mean, when, when you, you're right. I mean, when you talk about the Panthers we were talking about in, what, July, August last year, and I mean, I've just pulled up the power rankings again now, and you know they're twenty third, up seven yeah. places. They did beat the Jets. They did yeah. beat the Jet. They had the Jets, the Saints, and the Texans. <laughs> yeah, okay. So they didn't. They didn't. They didn't quite. They didn't quite defeat the uh, yeah. anything. Oh, hang on, hang on. We've got some breaking. We've got some IDP sure. breaking. This is good. The Rams are signing all-pro linebacker Bobby Wagner to a deal. Well, there you go. That's uh, the Von Miller hole plugged. So I don't think it's it IDP-wise. It's, it's not great. That that's not a great landing spot for me. Um, like you said, talking about talking about linebackers like like Bobby Wagner as well. Is the fact that the interior defensive line is particularly quite good at, at the Rams as well. So when you talk about the run game, then ooh, the second level linebacker, I mean, while well, we've seen the the Rams just play with one, sometimes none. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they with no linebackers. Good old, so poor old Bobby. He's gone, he's gone to somewhere that doesn't, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, anybody that gets Bobby Wagner is going to do okay from it. I'm sure they're going to, they're going to use him to his full capabilities, but, yeah, but, he, but from an IDP perspective, that's not the greatest landing spot, is it? No, he's, he's going to be off the board early because it's Bobby Wagner, but. Happy so, days, let him take him. I, yeah, I'll take, I'll take Jordan Brooks. DJ Edwards or Jordan Brooks or. Thank you, no worries. Or, or you know, if you fancy rolling the dice, I'm a Carl Walker. So. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I guess still go Bobby Wagner. Oh, that I don't know though, but you know, nice. like you said, that's a good old cheeky pickup. Well, right, that's what I'm here for. Right now, we have done all six players. You could have, you really could have let that go. No one would have known. Oh, fuck it. <laughs> it's more fun, more fun to be honest. Right. Uh, but anyway, we, right, we definitely covered all the players now, so that's it. Yeah, happy okay. days, right. So that's it from us. We hope you enjoyed the show. Remember to get in touch if you're interested in joining any IDP leagues. Um, Also, catch up on some of the Fantasy and Frames articles that are right there because they're going to be talking about the same stuff we're talking about. Um, Start start improving your IDP knowledge. That's what I would say to people that are out there. Just try and do a little bit. Listen to the pods. Start to know the players that we're talking about. Not the big ones. Everyone knows the big ones. But honestly, talking about, you know, the ones that are just, they're coming to, they're coming to the fruition right now. Um, and there's a lot. And then you'll start to understand the value of these. We'll talk about the value in future pods. We're also, I, I'm quite um, interested in sharing some of the 
some of the scoring side of things, as in uh, the relativity between offense and defense and all that kind of stuff. And I know Nate Markham, who is the other chap on uh, Fantasy and Frames, George and um, Nate. Nate has done wonders, I believe, on um, on putting together the difference between offense and defense and their values. Um, so, 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 listen to their stuff. Check that out. Um, yeah, thanks for tuning in. This is our first show, really, of the proper new season. Hopefully, I haven't even mentioned it to, Je- um, for, to Bren, but we might be back next week with if you're free, (laughs) Um, IDP rookie reviews, um, and maybe hopefully a guest or two. Um, Talking about the guests, we hope to have Fancy and Frame guys on. We've already been invited over to their show, so, you know, we're going to be on there um, at some point. Um, Yeah, so just remember, guys, stay safe and keep rushing. to sexual health just as much as physical and mental health we want to make it easier for folks to find resources however they engage with us there's no wrong door so it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming talking about what their sex life is about their concerns and to make sure they're healthy do it for them do it for you montgomery county your sexual health matters visit doitforyoumc.org Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.